Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at ozarkfolkcenter.com. Hey everybody, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week we're going to listen to a tremendously talented singer and guitar thumb picker from Okalona, Mississippi named Ben Hall. We'll also be hearing from our historian friend Charlie Sandage, who will explain about the evolution of the craft village here at the Ozark Folk Center. And we'll be visiting with my old pal Mark Jones to see if he's found anything of interest from our music archives. All that and more this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Young Ben Hall is a multi-talented entertainer from Okalona, Mississippi. In 2005, Ben won both the national and international thumbstyle guitar contests, as well as the Horizon Award from the National Thumb Pickers Hall of Fame. I've had the pleasure of introducing Ben to the audience here at the Ozark Folk Center a number of times, and I can tell you that not only is he a first-class singer and thumb picker, but he's also one of the nicest and most humble young men you'll ever meet. Let's listen to some of Ben Hall's performance at the Merle Travis Festival here in Mountain View, Arkansas. Cause she turned and I was gone 
I still might run in silence Tears of joy might stain my face And a summer sun might burn me till I'm blinded But not to where I cannot see you Walking on the back roads By the rivers flowing gentle on my mind I dip my cup of soup back from a gurgling, crackling cauldron in some train yard my beard a roughening coal pile and a dirty hat pulled low across my face and through cupped hands round a tin can I pretend I hold you to my breast and find that you're waiting on the back roads by the rivers of my memory ever smile and ever gentle on my mind you're gentle on my mind I've been coming here uh, since I was about six years old. I grew up in North Mississippi, uh, up near Tupelo. We had some friends in a little town called Oklahoma. I had some friends over there that had moved here for the, the summer. And you gotta come, you know, you gotta come see how this, this courthouse square works and the great Ozark Folk Center in this little town. It's just a jewel in itself. So we made the trip over. I think it was 4th of July weekend or something like that and had never seen anything like it, haven't seen anything like it since. It just, I'm six years old, carrying a little mandolin around. Nobody ever said, no, he can't pick with us. So you were playing mandolin. Mandolin, then. yeah, started on the mandolin. My, my hands were too small to play a guitar, so I had to hold off on that for a couple years. How about a little Chet Atkins tune? Oh, one of you, that's all right. That's good, thank you. And I'll do my best.
I'm singing my blues away and telling it how much that I miss you. I miss you more each day. Someday you'll know, dear, what I'm going through. And I'm hoping that you're missing me too. But I'm telling my troubles to my old guitar. Singing my blues away. Yes, I'm singing my blues away. You know, I just, I, I learned so much and it really just built the self-esteem up so much. Sit around with, with pickers who were older than I was. And uh, not just to, to swap licks and to jam on some tunes, but to learn things from them and uh, to learn how to trade off solos and trade off different things and kind of welcome other people to the group. It was just a great, great experience. We started coming uh, maybe twice a year then for the weekend. and. And over the next few years, I got a little more serious about music over uh, the next three or four years. And we started to come multiple times through the spring and into the fall and, and just loved it. That's a, a, one of those tunes that uh, Chet Atkins sang on. Remember those good records? I thought Chet was a pretty good singer. The, the story goes, and most of you probably know it, Chet was being looked at by RCA Records in the early 50s to be a, uh, an RCA version of Merle Travis. Merle was on Capitol, of course there was no doubt that he could carry the weight with the guitar. And Steve Scholes, who was running RCA at the time, went to Chet and he said, so Chet, you're such a great guitar player, uh, do you sing at all? Chet said, no, but I don't sing. He said, you don't, you don't sing at all? He said, no, don't sing a lick. He said, well, that's too bad, Chet. He said, we're looking for a, a version of Merle Travis for RCA. Chet said, oh, I can sing that good.
possibly here in Mountain View that got you started on your guitar journey. Yeah, I had started uh, playing guitar and was fooling around a little bit with a thumb pick and made another trip here. I think it may have been the 4th of July, something like that, and uh, ran into Moon. And I was, I was again, playing a little bit with a thumb pick and, and had not really taken that so seriously. When I met with him, uh, putting a, a, a face with a style and a, and a real person behind it all, he just couldn't have been more encouraging of a 12-year-old kid and said, hey, we have this thing in May. Uh, you ought to work up a few tunes and come get in it. And so I did, and I, I kept in touch with Moon constantly over that next uh, nine or 10 months, and he helped me along, really took me in as, a, as an unofficial student. And I uh, went from student to protege over the next few years and followed him around everywhere that I could, stole every lick that I could, and every time he was willing to hand something out, I grabbed it. Really changed my life and got me serious about this, uh, about this style of music, the thumb picking style. This is my favorite, I say this every year that I'm here, it's my very favorite weekend of the year for so many reasons. Uh, probably the first reason is the obvious one, you get to pay tribute to Merle Travis. He's my hero, I think he's one of the most talented men that ever lived in any kind of music, uh, in any walk of life, social system, country, anywhere in the world. He was just one of the absolute greatest. We've, we've spent a couple days talking about his brilliance. Just never get tired of that because I like his guitar playing, enjoy his singing. He's one of the best songwriters ever. He was 16 tons and um, smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. All these songs that he wrote that other people had huge records on, he just sort of took the songwriter role after he recorded them himself and invented guitar uh, style that has influenced everybody under the sun. And that just goes on and on and on to being a brilliant cartoonist. And as Tom told us today, fix a grandfather's clock like nobody's business. And you know, this is a, this is a guy of so many talents and it's an honor to pay tribute to him. Uh, many other reasons that this is my favorite weekend and you guys are a big part of that. Thank you so much for being here. And, uh, making this thing a success supporting this kind of music because it sure is a pleasure to get to play it for you. Here's a few of my favorite Merle Travis songs. Anybody from Kentucky? Well, look at there. Been there? <laughs> friend Moon Mullins, or was that you, Melon, that said folks in Kentucky don't go anywhere, they just stay home and let their minds wander. 
Maybe that's where they are. A lot of words are spelled the same With a different meaning, you see But here's a brand new way to spell heaven According to me You take a K and an E, a N and a T A U and a C-K-Y And that spells Kentucky <laughs> But it means paradise you take a chicken and you kill it, then you put him in a skillet. You fry him up golden brown. That's southern cooking. And it's mighty nice. It don't cover a lot. When you look on a map. But I wasn't studying no geography. When I was sitting in my mammy's lap. You take a K and an E. And that spells everybody Kentucky, but it means paradise. Most of you pretty quick. Just take a K and an E, a N and a T, a U and a C-K-Y, and that spells Kentucky, but it means paradise. You can take the chicken and you kill it, then you put him in a skillet, you fry him up, finger licking golden brown, that's southern cooking, and it's mighty nice, but it don't cover a lot, just a little bitty spot. When you look on a map, but I wasn't studying no geography when I was sitting in my mammy's lap. Just take a K and an E, N and a T, a U and a C K Y, and that spells Kentucky. But it means paradise. That spells Kentucky, but it means paradise. That was award-winning Ben Hall playing Gentle on My Mind, telling my troubles to my old guitar and the wild side of life. Ben ended that set with Arkansas native Glenn Campbell's Kentucky Means Paradise. After a short break, I'll be heading down to the vault to visit with our sound man, Mark Jones. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio.
Down below the auditorium here at the Folk Center, we've got a big old basement crammed full of old recording equipment and a few old musical instruments and a huge collection of tapes and CDs of all the shows we recorded over the last 40-some-odd years that the Folk Center has been in business. My friend Mark Jones runs the vaults down there. Let's go down there and take a look and see what he's got for us this week. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you doing? Good. Doing real good. I've been walking around down through here and just thinking of all the memories that's been around. And uh, when I first came down here, came to Mountain View, that is, I spent a lot of time around folks and uh, remember being invited to a picking, and it was held out at Tommy and Gene Simmons' house. You've been out there. I have been out there. Great pickings at their house. Oh, big time. And, uh, oh, the night wore on, and it was starting to get late, and I didn't have a room. I didn't have, hadn't checked in anywhere or hadn't got figured out where I was going to stay. And everybody there in the room, they didn't know me from anybody, but they were all saying, come on, you can stay at my house. I've got an extra bedroom. Come over here. Somebody else would offer me an invitation. There was a gentleman stood up right in the middle of the floor, and he folded his arms, looked around, and said, y'all just shut up because he's coming home with me. <laughs> Who was that? That was Mr. Albert Sands. And you just couldn't have a party or a square dance without having Albert Sands there. He called and just a, a really a good person. I remember Albert. We actually know him as the famous Albert Sands around here because he was so well-known by everybody. That is true. He was well-known to everybody around, well, all through the country, people. If you mention Albert Sands, they know, think of Mountain View. I know we don't have much recording of Albert. What have you got here? You know, Dave, we did capture him one time. And he's talking about getting a square dance together, and I kind of felt like it was an invitation to a square dance. So listen to this. See, see if you feel like you'd be welcome there. Okay, here's Albert Sands. All right, hurry up, boys, and get that work done up. Get all them hogs fed and the cows milk and get your clean flour sack for your fiddle. We're going to dance down at Tennessee and Zach's. Ain't Tennessee's got a new churn full of buttermilk, and we're going to dance all night. About the best dance I ever went to was down at uh, Wallace's down there on the creek. We started before sundown and ended up after sunup. Put all the kids on the pallet, tied the dogs up so they wouldn't bite the women going in and out. And uh, about the best tune I've danced to lately, is, or ever danced to, was Crooked Stovepipe. Boy, that's old Albert, all right. I, I remember him pretty well. It seems to me Albert loved to cook, didn't he? Oh, he! If you ever got invited to Albert's house, he was a cook. He would cook two or three different meats at a time, and just a whole table full of vegetables and three or four different desserts. And you know, his goal in life was to have as many friends as he could have 
and feed them all at least once. It's been nice to hear, Albert. He's been gone a long time. It's good to hear that great voice of his again. That's true. I just, I never will forget some of the times that we had together. Well, thanks a lot, Mark. You bet. In Ben Hall's flawless guitar picking, you can hear the strong influence of the great Merle Travis. Let's get back to the stage here at the Ozark Folk Center and listen to some more of Ben's great picking and singing. Merle wrote some great story songs. Also wrote a few songs about bad habits. And uh, you know, I have to do those too if you're gonna pay tribute to him. So here's one of them. Well, you ask me why I ramble, ask me why I roam, ask me why I run around, never have had a home, but my daddy was a gambler, and he gambled all over this land. I guess I'm a chip from the same old block, just a natural born gambling man. I'm a natural born gambling man, a natural born gambling man. I can roll a seven and follow with the left. I'm a natural born gambling man. where it gets interesting. One night down in Memphis, I met up with old one-eyed Sam. Challenged me to a game of cards, so I laid my money down. But he dealt one from the bottom, and I seen him when he dealt his hand. So I took my gun and I mowed him down. I'm a natural born gambling man. But they took me down to Nashville, locked me up in a cell. Give me a number instead of a name, but a number that I love so well. Three sevens and eleven, don't you know it? Well, that's a pretty good hand. I knew right then that I'd won again. I'm a natural born gambling man. Oh, I'm a natural born gambling man. A natural born gambling man. Well, Jody picked the cotton in the forks of the branch. I'm a natural born gambling man. Just let the gambling be. But I said, hey, Mr. Warden, I'll play you just one hand, and I'll bet you ten that you can't win, because I'm a natural-born gambling man. Oh, I'm a natural-born gambling man, a natural-born gambling man. I can roll the seven and follow with the eleven. I'm a natural-born gambling man. How cool it was that Moon, at, uh, at his stage in life, was so computer savvy and, and hanging on an email. Now that's a little more common thing, but it, it wasn't so much then. And we'd, we'd correspond by email, and I'd say, well, here's the tunes I'm working on. Well, the way I do that one's a little bit different. He would write all this out in this very colorful way of just, it was almost like he was sitting there. I didn't hear him. I didn't see him. But he could, he could really uh, narrate that lesson through email in such a way that I learned so much just by corresponding with him like that. Oh, but my favorite of them all 
Oh, come all you young fellas, so young and so fine, and seek not your fortune in the dark dreary mines. It'll form as a habit and seep in your soul till the stream of your blood runs as black as the coal there's a many a man I've known in my day who just
down in the mines. Thank you so much. I can remember him saying, um, you know, if you, if you slow that thing down just a, a few beats per minute and you, you, uh, you bring the tempo down, that gives you a whole lot of extra room for some pizzazz, some flavor or color or something like that. These folk music terms that were just so much him and embodied the way he played. Uh, and, and that rubbed off on me, you know, little tips like, you know, don't forget to pat your foot when you're doing this, that and the other and keep that thing steady. I was telling him about a certain piece of a song I was trying to play like Merle Travis, and he said, good, just be careful not to speed up when you get to that part. Even Merle had to speed up there. So, you know, all this is in these emails that I still have, and I hope to have forever. I really treasure them. I had a pleasure, uh, the pleasure, a few years ago to work about three years with the great Charlie Lubin. Y'all remember the Lubin brothers? One of the, the greatest uh, thrills of my life to get to share several stages all over the country with him. We never worked a date that we didn't do this tune right here, and I hope some of you might remember this little tribute to him. I got in a little trouble at the county seat. Lord, they put me in the jailhouse for loafing on the street. I had a good-hearted jailer. Oh, I'm jumping words now. And as soon as I told him, he shouted back at me. Said, that'll be cash on the barrel hit, son. Not part, not half, you're 21. No money down, no credit plan, hello. No time to chase you, cause I'm a busy man. I had a good, I found a telephone number on a laundry slip. I had a good-hearted jailer with a six-gun hip. He let me call long distance. She said, number please. But as soon as I told her, she shouted back at me. Said, that'll be cash on the barrel hit, son. Not part, not half, but the entire sum. No money down, no credit plan, no time to chase you, cause I'm a busy man. in the jailhouse, four days on the road. I was feeling mighty hungry, my feet a heavy load. I saw a greyhound coming, so I stuck up my thumb. Just as soon as I was seated, that old driver caught my arm. Guess what he said? That'll be cash on the barrel hit, son. This old gray dog gets paid to Lord, the wheels won't roll. Give me cash on the barrel head. I'll take you down the road. Wow. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, I've been coming here as a as a performer and judge probably for the last seven to eight years off and on, somewhere like that, at least eight years. Um, and, and the event is so wonderful because it brings pickers in from Oklahoma and some from Kansas and some from Texas, and we're really getting a, a, a Midwestern flair to it that's really cool. It brings in a different sound, a different set of influences, uh, and really the audience that keeps coming back year after year is also just a really neat thing about this event. I've been seeing the same folks here uh, since even as I was a contestant 15 years ago, seeing a lot of the same people here. Uh, and it's just really a cool thing to know that, that kind of support group is traveling around, not to just support this music or, or to support the memory of Merle Travis, but the, the uh, folk center and the mission here. It's, it's cool. It's like a big old homecoming. And it really, I say it every year, but it's my most favorite weekend of the year. I'm pleased to introduce you uh, to my lovely wife, Miss Hannah Hall. There she is. Behind curtain number one. Would you sing a song for these folks? I would love to. <laughs> How's that? All righty. You'll agree that I overmarried. That was Mississippi native Ben Hall doing I'm a Natural Born Gambling Man, Dark as a Dungeon, Cash on the Barrelhead, and Do I Ever Cross Your Mind. Let's take a short break, after which historian Charlie Sandage will explain the evolution of the craft village here at the Ozark Folk Center. This is Ozark Highlands Radio.
A day at the Ozark Folk Center in Mountain View, Arkansas, is a bit like a day in the Ozarks might have been a hundred or more years ago. People are busy with the things that made a way of life work on a small farm or in a small town. Yarn is being spun and gardens are being tended. Knives are being fashioned and tools are being hammered out on an anvil, and these sights and sounds blend with dozens of others. But a visitor's experience is much more than watching performers play out a make-believe script about days gone by. Crafters and others are ready to engage anyone who takes a little while out of their real-world contemporary life to witness pride in creative work, to spend just a little time talking, learning, and reflecting about how art, work, experience, and a frequent dash of humor can be as useful today as it was back when. Jeanette Larson, the center's craft director, explained. Our crafts are based in the heritage and the resources here in the Ozarks, but a lot of our crafts are modern. Um, they weren't uh, necessarily crafts that you would have found here. You know, home, people homesteading and trying to make a living didn't necessarily have time to uh, do the fun stuff and engage in crafts, and probably when they sat down in the evenings, they probably played music rather than sat there and carved something pretty, although they did that too. The visitors who enjoy the park the most are the visitors who take the time to talk with the craftspeople um, and ask them questions about how they got involved in their craft, ask them about their craft, um, and who are willing to slow down and just relax and enjoy the park. It's real people really making things. Sounding a little like the teacher in the old one-room schoolhouse on the craft grounds might have while telling about the outstanding work her students were doing, Jeanette called the role of all 22 of the artisans. Here's a sampling. Uh, the candle shop is a wonderful shop. Uh, it's a young family that has that shop, and Jeff and Tracy Glover and their children. And their passion is beeswax, and so they've learned how to do make real old-fashioned beeswax candles. They get their beeswax locally, they process it all, um, and they do very, very nice liturgical quality beeswax candles. Then we have our blacksmiths, like I said, um, they're happy to make things for you. Uh, Pat Thompson has been a blacksmith for a long time. He worked with the ironworks. He's retired from that, and now he comes in. And it, the thing that he loves more than anything else is making nails and telling kids about the whole history, you know, homesteading and everything else, and, and then he's happy to give the kids a nail. Because we have a, a standard of dress, um, we have a clothier, and her main purpose is to make the clothes that we're wearing here in the park, but then that gives the visitors a chance to see uh, the clothing being made, and also it gives them a place, it's kind of hard to find aprons in the modern world anymore, and, I, I value my aprons, <laughs> so it gives the visitors a chance to buy wonderful long dresses and, and um, aprons and that kind of thing, and bonnets. And then we have our wood carver. Uh, I think he's closet Santa Claus, so he makes kids toys, and uh, he uh, also loves the music and the instruments, so he makes a lot of rhythm instruments, and uh, I think he, Yesterday I went into his shop just for a little bit and he had eight people in there playing different uh, 
the, the wooden cheater spoons that we call them and little rattles and all those kinds of things that he makes. And he just had a great jam session going in his shop. Um, the gun shop, uh, Jim Purdom is the lead gunsmith. And then he has his nephew, uh, Rick, works with him. His nephew's a taxidermist by trade, but he's a, he's a good gunsmith too, and he's learned from Jim. And then Fox Glover, you know, coming from across the street in the candle shop, is now apprenticing with Jim and learning how to make guns, and they maintain that tradition. Um, and it's a, it's a fascinating shop. It takes a year to make a gun. In our weaving shop, um, we have... Uh, a loom set up where visitors can come and weave. Um, the people in there are happy to show you how. And one of my great joys in the park is the look on somebody's face, and it can be young or old, when they sit down at that loom and realize they're actually making something. They're making cloth. Um, I don't think there's many places in the modern world that let people have that feeling wow, I can make something. <laughs> Again, as it would have happened on that old Ozark farmstead, when evening comes, perhaps with it will come some time for music. Actually, there's been live traditional music going on on the craft grounds throughout the day, but now it's front and center, moving into the main auditorium for the evening performance. For its first 40 years, the Ozark Folk Center limited its regular musical offerings, excluding performances by special guests, to music that would have been played around here before World War II dramatically changed the region's musical tastes. In recent years, recognizing that this is a living tradition, the door has been opened to include more recent music, but always music that has grown out of the Ozark Appalachian tradition. When old-time and bluegrass music legend Charlie Leuven first heard young Ben Hall play, he asked him to come and play music in Charlie's band. Ben replied that he'd like to, but at first he had to finish his education as a music major at Belmont University. After graduating, Ben got to play with Leuven at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee, as well as on the road. And now he's in high demand as both a stage performer and a session musician. Here's Ben Hall with three more great songs. sweet thing that matters 
guess I'll stay broken hearted. How's the The style itself is doing really well. It's, it's alive and, and really advancing, I think, with such a great foundation that is um, the, the Travis music and Chet Atkins. Uh, Travis and Chet just sort of laid the, the bedrock for what everyone else would do for the last three to four generations post their greatest contributions. Uh, but since then, to see it, see the music build on that, uh, to see a young generation following after Tommy Emanuel, who's the second generation of Chet, of course, and Merle, uh, and Jerry Reed, uh, to see how Tommy sort of took what they did and uh, just advanced it to another notch. And then you've got this whole group of young guys who are following after what he did, and he's their Chet, and he's, he's their Merle, and he's pointing them back to Chet and Merle. And it's doing so well, because just like it did in the very formative years of the music, uh, the same thing's happening right now with influences and, and just a big old hodgepodge of genres of music that come together and, and form what we consider thumb picking now.
musically, it's just uh, it's a challenge because it's not an easy style to play. It, it's it's a little difficult. It takes some discipline and, and a little practice, but. It, musically, it just translates so well into other genres. You can play standards, play jazz, play swing, play country, play bluegrass even. You can do so much with that style and you understand bass, understand chords, understand the melody and harmonies, and it's all in one neat package. And that's what I really love about it is kind of the, the task of figuring something out in that style. class thumb picker Ben Hall playing How's the World Treating You, the great gospel song Wayfaring Stranger, and finishing his set with Wildwood in the Pines. That's it for this week's show, but don't forget we'll be back next week with more great music from the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. I'm Dave Smith. So long, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. 
and by Arkansas State Parks with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. More information online at arkansasstateparks.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at ozarkhighlandsradio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.